Happy New Year to everyone. Oh, well, Happy New Year yourself there, tough guy. Happy New Year, yes. Well, who's that? What is this year? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> who's that? That's it right. can't be. He's back. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were dead. Starting off the new year different and good. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Go ahead. The New Year's ball dropped and so have I. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? Welcome to the heavy hole. Thanks for having me. My name's Tom. <laughs> I, I was gonna say you could say it. You could say your name before anyone else. My name's Justin. If you want to, yes. uh, well, you said you're saying you said your name before me. That's 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 more like a dig at me than an honor. But okay, what's Everyone up, metalheads? I'm, I'm Big Will, aka Uncle Buck. What's up, you metal motherfucker? You ready to shred? Yeah, roll. Fucking, you're, you're fucking uh, fucking use gas, kick ass. Let's go down oh. the road. Everyone knows your name already. Like I say, mine is like hello. Mm. I'm going to shut up mm. now. That's kind of how the show goes. Yeah. Right? Does everyone know my name already? Yeah. Well, That's... it's usually like, hey, Will, yeah. other guys, <laughs> yeah. every voice yeah. the emails and stuff. It's hey, like... Heavy Will. <laughs> <laughs> hey, heavy, uh, heavy Will. That's, that's another dig at me. <laughs> Start, That's better than the Will hole. Start the year off. Start the year off pretty raw here. Going in on Big Will, man, roasting me up, man. It's up to the heavy Will Will cast. Oh boy. All right. Yeah. Yep. I feel like this is a roast more, like a live action roast mortem. I'm not dead yet, but they're <laughs> roasting me. We're doing one tonight. Yeah, death, death metal roast mortem. Listen, Ugh. let's let's shift the focus from <clears throat> me for a minute. I'm getting a little self conscious here. <laughs> good, good. How are you doing, Tom? How's your year going? <laughs> uh, you know what? My year is going well. I was supposed to get my, or I was under the impression that I was going to get my tonsils taken out this Friday. Hmm. Those suckers are still in there. Uh, they're still in there. They're still fucking in there. I and can see them from here. Pretty big, right? <laughs> I call the doctor today and I go, uh, hey, what do I have to do? Because I'm about to go under, about to get these things out. You know, you know, sometimes you don't want to eat or whatever. Don't take something. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, they're like, the lady's like, oh, the doctor still has to like see you. And I was just like, what do you mean? She's like, well, the other doctor said that you're, he's okaying you getting your tonsils out. But the, the doctor who's actually going to do the procedure has to see you. I'm like, what do you mean? They're just tonsils. Like, what does mm-hmm. he have to see about this? I already got the okay. I'm furious right now, guys. I'm maybe so the furious. Maybe he's lonely. Maybe. Maybe, he's, maybe yeah. he just wants to hang out. He just wants to see inside your throat first. Either yeah. way, <laughs> I, I pushed this appointment back so I could have some fun over the new year, thinking I'd be recovering. But it turns yeah. out that there's no recovery from just saying hello to someone and having them look <laughs> in your mouth. Is uh, uh, I do require a little bit of a recovery time <laughs> from just regular social greetings and social functions. I, well, yeah, I need to just go home and curl up and listen to some death metal. <laughs> just like, damn, I could have done all that better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm starting the new year uh, uninformed. Wow. That's how I feel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. But, uh, better. Well, better than informed from, from the wrong source, but we won't go there. Justin. Yeah. But, yeah. What's Justin, welcome back in Thank 2022. You. That's My the God. year, right? I haven't seen you all since last year. Yeah. yeah man. It's been a while. It's been a while. We want to welcome you back. How, how have things been? I uh, got food poisoning from a chicken parmesan. Jesus. Damn, man. Yeah. God. Yeah. That was, uh, that was quite an experience. Um, was, it, was, the ch- was it undercooked? What? I don't know. It must have been. It must have been something. Uh, the source is just. It's there's a lot of confusion. But the what well, the product? What had happened? Just a comical exit of all kinds of fluids going comical through my body for a, for a good 24 hours straight. Oh. 
Um, and it was right. a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I've been on this, like, um, this, this, this sort of like, I don't know what you would call it. This re- reclusion, this sort of exodus away from death metal as, as I can't seem to find my way back. Oh boy. I've been, you know, I've lost my smile, so to speak in this Shawn Michaels terminology. Mm. Um, and I need help from all of you guys, but this violent body reaction to the chicken parm, like it almost brought a tear to my eye, bring me a little bit closer to possibly getting back in to, to the heaviness. Sometimes a, a good vomit, you know, it'll take you. I, you know, I don't, I don't drink so much um, uh, now as I used to. I had my little party in days back in the day, and there was a time the the singer of Dead Infection. If you listen to Chapter of Accidents, there's a vocal quality similar to to, to retching vomit that yeah. that man accomplishes in vocal tone. Yes, yeah, so there's always. I remember there was a, a, a time where, not like I was vomiting every weekend, but you know, when, when you're in your 20s, you might have the occasional bad weekend. And I would, any, any time that I had to, to spew up, I always had that opening riff from Chapter of Accidents, like pop into my head, like, dan, 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 dan. Yeah. here we go. It was, it was, I mean, it was crazy because like, I couldn't really speak. Like, I would talk and it was nauseous. And I feel like I was going to throw up every time. My fiance was like, well, tell me how you're feeling. And I would just open up uh, just all the band names on Metallum. And I'd be like, pick one. This is how I'm feeling. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, just, you know, uh, just uh, soul regurgitation. Just a uh, better strategy mm-hmm. than actually talking about feelings. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Way better Sometimes, Yeah. Just using a good old database. Yeah. Probably you know, better for the relationship in the long run. Then. In the long run. Yeah. yeah. Short term, no. But in the long run, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. She'll thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Will, uh, we all want to know. Oh, boy. How's your year? Ha! <laughs> It's going. It's going okay so far. It's going a little bit better than last year, man. Last year ended off with a fucking uh, a piddly shit uh, uh, in uh, uh, terms of personal personal matters. But we won't get into that, man. Trying to trying to pick up on the upswing. Um, played a little show there. I was back at St. Vitus for the first time. Big shout out to the St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn. I was back there for the first time in almost two years. Really crazy. Um, they remodeled. They they they. Uh, I, I I enjoy. The um, the little other hallway that bands can use to get out and load the gear in and out and access the little underground room. And it's not nice. I like what they did with the place. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Uh, from an from artist perspective. Yeah, they booked Bob Vila, and the next thing you know. Yeah. It was not, yeah. Power, <laughs> what was the Power Tool band from Canada? Power Cup. They were a Power Tool themed. Oh, um, that might help. Grind shit. Band. You should yeah. look into that. Justin. Yeah. Yeah. I power, love yeah. that. Drills, all kinds. I don't know that they used Made in America power tools, though. That's they were right. a Canadian band. That's well, all right. A lot of these right. bands out there on a budget. Shout out to our friends from up north. Um, but yeah, it was no, it was very nice the way they remodeled Vitus. Exsanguinated. We we uh, we played our first show in Rochester a while ago, a few weeks ago, but we played our first local show here in the New York City area the other day on Monday. It was a beautiful time. Uh, shout out to Mutilatrid. And Cruelty with a K, Japanese band over here in the United States. They were they were very nice. They put on a great performance. Bowel erosion, mm-hmm. stabbed. I had that. Very Long Island. Yeah, it was All, very relevant. Very Sam Sherrick. 
Yeah. What's that? Very Sam Sherrick. Sam Sherrick played a lot of drums yeah, that night. Yeah. He was in like he was literally in like three bands in a row. It was pretty crazy. But he's he basically part yeah. of the back line now. Just and all then, most metal shows. Yeah. Well, and then like, a drummer. <laughs> Exsanguinated is like like most of Stabbed and me, and then like Kyle from Stabbed sang a song with Bowel Erosion. It was like the it was like the Get Along Gang. We were all right. mixing in with everybody's shit. It was it was a beautiful time, beautiful experience. It's great. We can all get along. You know, we can all do a little performance. It was nice, man. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was cool. It was it was good. The year's starting off right. Uh, looking to get out. There. I still screened some shirts. I made some shirts uh, by myself in the crib there. Oh. Uh, actually, in the backyard. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, DIY style. We Little sold Mod them. Podge. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't come out perfect, but you know, I'm not Inferno Press. I'm not um, Cold Cuts or Masker Merch or any of the fine uh, merchant merchandeers out there. Whatever you call mercantile. Just one man. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah but we we did the thing. It was cool, man. Um, but. Another one man um, with a long story in underground death metal, sometimes doing things by himself, sometimes doing things with all of his bandmates. Inoculation is the band I'm talking about. We're going to get on the horn with Anthony Allen tonight. All right. Let's do it. This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and tonight my special guest is none other than Anthony Allen, guitarist and vocalist of Inoculation from Ohio. Did I get all that correct, sir? Yes, yes, you did. Uh, Thank you for having me on. Good to be here. Uh, Absolutely. We appreciate your time. And um, with, with that being said, there's a lot to get to. Uh, in terms of inoculation, abraded, uh, Zeno guitars, um, and and yeah. other stuff. So big shout to Ken from Ken's Death Metal Crypt. He had you guys on. I should say you and your bass player. That's Nick Nedley, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, about a year ago, um, Ken had you on, so I got to credit him as research, and I know from there already a little bit that you're you're like a a more of a um, schooled musician. Like you, you went to uh, um, you were in the in jazz band in high school and things like that. Yes, yes, yeah. I uh, I played guitar in my jazz band uh, through middle school and high school, so it was like seven years of jazz band. Wow. and then I actually went to, I went, was going to school for like recording uh, arts and I took some guitar classes to my jazz guitar courses in community college as well. Uh, so I, I have had a, a little bit of studying uh, formally with that stuff, I guess. Okay. Um, all right. Well, yeah, we, we'll get into that. And I also know from, um, from when you talk to Ken that, uh, you kind of pick up guitar around 12 years old. So the obligatory question, mm-hmm. if, if that's correct, is um, yes. uh, is guitar your first instrument? And were there any older relatives that played instruments besides you? Uh, it was my first instrument, although my mom did try and get me to play piano first. Um, and I think I had like one lesson with piano and I was like not about it. And I convinced her to let me get guitar lessons and get me a guitar. Um, 
So it was my first instrument, and I do have a uh, cousin that is very uh, musically inclined. My cousin Tommy, uh, and so I, he always uh, had musical instruments around. And once I started playing, uh, definitely started like jamming with him and stuff. So did have some family influence. Okay, and and then I know like um, Kiss and Ace Freely is kind of a big thing early on, right? For sure, for sure. That was uh, when I was like first starting, like being so young, twelve years old, seeing Kiss like explosions and Gene Simmons spitting out fire, <laughs> Ace Freely's guitar is exploding. Like, how could you not like that at twelve? You know, <laughs> of course. Uh, well, so yeah, that really hooked me. Well, here here's my question about Kiss, though. Are um you know respectfully, and, and we don't we don't have to include this part if you want. We can always edit things out. But uh, can I ask how old are you? Uh, twenty eight. Twenty. Okay. And the reason I bring that up is because Kiss is the starting point for a lot of guitarists we've talked to over the years. But it's usually the guys in their mid forties. Uh, and mid, yeah. mid to late forties, oh, yeah. because because that's when kind of Kiss with the makeup and the the hits that everybody kind of is are, you know knows. Um, that's when they were big. So could you tell us about your Kiss experience being someone from a, a somewhat younger generation than people might associate with Kiss fans? Um, it's funny. Uh, obviously, I being twenty eight, I didn't get to experience Kiss in like the the seventies and stuff, but I've. I've watched so many documentaries and read books about Kiss and stuff, and everyone always talks about how, like, they would almost get, like, persecuted for liking Kiss and get made fun of for liking <laughs> Kiss. And I, that literally happened to be in, like, middle school. I remember, like, having my like, Kiss shirt on, like, wearing headphones on the bus, and, like, my friends making fun of me for liking Kiss, and I was just like, screw you, Kiss is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, and I... I felt like, I mean, I didn't really have too many other friends that were, like, super into Kiss. Uh, so it was kind of just, like, my own, like, fruition of loving Kiss and just seeing all the merchandise and watching every all their DVDs and stuff like that. Okay, all right. Yeah, fair enough, man. I had to ask about that. <laughs> Um, because no, that's a very valid question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course, man. So, and you know, being a, a guitar guy, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and and being into guitar in school, and I, something else you talked about was being involved in uh, not just jazz band in high school, but I guess things where people were like dancing and see, like kind of like the school <laughs> plays or school <laughs> theater or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I played guitar. Uh, for four years in high school, too, with, on a thing called, like, Music in Motion. And uh, it was pretty much just, like, uh, part of the jazz band that, like, played for, like, show tunes, uh, <laughs> essentially. Um, which was uh, a really... Uh, I, like, learned a lot from doing that, and I really enjoyed it, because I like drawing inspiration and in everything from all different types of music. I'm not just, like only into metal so it really like helped me open my eyes with all different types of music and playing different types of music and having that opportunity so it was cool a hundred percent man yeah i mean obviously you know g given what um uh inoculation is and abraded are known for now there's you know people could could make a couple of punch lines there but it, it's it's valid experience and it makes you a more well-rounded musician right yeah oh yeah i agree learning like any different thing is only going to make you 
better at what you do, you know, no matter what it is. Yeah, man, f- fair enough. So I, I also know um, from, from when you talk to Ken, uh, you, you know, the, the guitar at 12 years old, very early on you start a band with some local people, and it's um, uh, even at twelve, right? You, you played your first show at twelve when you when you only had the guitar for a few months, I guess. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was. Uh, it was about actually. It was like almost a year into me playing guitar when I played my first show. Uh, it was like a, a month or two before my birthday, uh, and I was in a band, a little punk band with some friends and we played at a local club, uh, opening up for this like surf rock band. Uh, it was the St. Patrick's Day show. Uh, it, yes. it was, it was super sweet, like being 12 and doing that. And I was like so stoked and haven't stopped playing shows since then. So I caught the bug like right away. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, punk man, you mentioned that. What I wanted to ask about a little bit was playing in the local punk scene before you could find uh, your metal um, uh, musicians to work with, if I got that right. That's kind of what happened to you for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, like, no one, when I was 12, there wasn't anyone else playing shows besides the, like, dudes I was playing shows with. So it was just kind of like, well, I could either not play shows or I could play shows. So, like, I, I, I did what I, I could, had to do to be able to play shows. And I enjoyed the music. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to be playing, but I knew that it was like getting out there and it helped because I learned a lot from doing that and made a lot of mistakes and like fucked shit up and like <laughs> bad shows. And I got that all like out of the way when it like really didn't matter at all. <laughs> That's a great way um, to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was uh, all like, you know, the punk mentality. We were all doing it ourselves and just like being like young idiots, uh, playing shows we probably were terrible but we were having fun <laughs> <laughs> well that's i wanted to ask you a little bit about the local punk scene out there when when you were a teenager um i mean were, were you guys playing with like uh national acts that would come through and and being like support acts was there like a uh, a scene for diy venues and that sort of thing were you tapping into that area of punk yeah, being like only being not most of us not even being able to drive yet. It was a lot of like garage shows and uh, basement shows and just stuff with like other friends bands. But then we also did when I was that young playing in those bands, we didn't really open up for too many like touring bands. It was like pretty like local oriented uh, playing with uh, any local band that was playing really um so really not too much of the touring act until i got older into the metal and when i actually like cared more about the touring act and like and i also had some more experience under my belt at that time so i was like wanted to to play with bigger bands so it, it didn't really happen until inoculation really okay and having had experience you know, working with punk bands and being kind of um, uh, part of that scene. Are there any punk bands that you still follow or whose work you kind of um, uh, look up to uh, just in terms of their music overall or even as, as a guitarist? Um, I honestly don't listen to very much punk at all, but when I do, I always put on, like, Black Flag. That's, like, my go-to for that stuff. Um 
I really like I never was like the biggest fan. It just like was the most accessible uh, thing in my area where people were playing. So and I but I still liked it because it was, you know, fast and aggressive and stuff. So it still filled the void, but not all the way. Okay, got it, man. I just wanted to explore that a little bit. It's interesting to me. And sure. and, and now, well, one last question kind of related to that and, and kind of segueing into death metal is um, something I talk about on the show a lot is that death metal has seen a big surge in popularity the last several years. There's a lot more bands. There's a lot more fans. There's more labels out there. Mm-hmm. There's more social media. It's great. You know, it's it's cool. Uh, Maggot Stomp sure. is kind of waving the flag, I feel, for the for the upcoming younger generation of death metal. You guys work with Maggot Stomp. Um, having, mm-hmm. having come from that punk environment where you, you got to witness, like, the, the DIY scene and the kind of, like, real bare-bones underground um, that you were working with before you found Inoculation, um, do, you, do you see in the current death metal scene, especially maybe the younger generation, the hardcore and punk scene reflected a little bit. And are there a lot of people, uh, segueing from those scenes into death metal nowadays? Oh yeah, for sure. I think like, I think without a doubt, uh, I don't see how anybody could argue that it's not, that is not happening. Uh, especially with the hardcore, uh, you can just, like, see it and, like, influence, and you can see, like, w- you know, when you talk to people at shows, it's, I've noticed, like, a different crowd from when Inoculation was playing shows eight years ago compared to now. Uh, it's a lot more younger kids and a lot of sometimes kids that are pretty new into death metal and aren't, like, don't, maybe it's their first death metal show, uh, you know, but, uh, I definitely think there's there's definitely some of that coming over, which is great. I mean, the more people that like death metal, the better. What I think. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm not trying to um to downplay any of that, or or uh, you know, like we, you know, we we joke around from time to time on the show, but of course, it's a good thing, and we you know we're glad for all of our listeners because it means more listeners for our show too. At the end of the day. Um, but it's something I like to, you know, I'm like, I'm almost 40. It's something I like to explore is the different generations of death metal and where it's at now and where it's going. And I should say you guys have been around since 2011. So yeah, right. I got that's correct. So you guys are like ahead of that curve, you know, not to lump you guys, even though you guys are on a label and you're affiliated, you just came off a big tour with some of those bands. You guys have been around for a while putting out. Um, a, a good amount of material. So I want to get into inoculation a little bit. Um, come coming from Ohio, uh, first of all, take me through your journey into death metal because I, you know, personally when I think of Ohio, I think of like regurgitation, um, s- sodomized, ablated records. Uh, like um, if I got mm-hmm. it right, non slaughter, right? Yeah, yeah, embalmer. Yeah, and bombers. So, I mean, are those part of your journey into death metal? Do you kind of find about out about them later when you when you get get to go into shows? Like, what? How do you get into underground death metal? Uh, I definitely found out about all of those bands like later. Once I started playing shows, and like they would be out of the shows, and they were all they're all all those dudes and all those bands are all great dudes, and um, they used to like put us on shows when I was like. 17 and we just started in like 2011 uh so 
I hadn't really heard of them until then, and then I met them at shows, and they're all cool dudes, and then immediately started checking out their music from there. Um, so it definitely took me going out and being playing shows to discover that, like, underground death metal. Especially vocally Cleveland underground death metal. Oh, okay, man, and... And then, you know, with inoculation, I believe you said in the in, a, in in that previous interview that you had been through fourteen different members before you settled on today's modern uh, lineup, right? Yeah, yeah. Nick and Charlie were members sixteen and seventeen, actually, for the band. Because uh, <laughs> we played, like we said, we played our first show in two thousand eleven, uh, and the lineup was me with other people. It was a lot different. <laughs> well, no, fair enough. Yeah, and I, you know, you're kind of like at one point it was just you, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it just like went through a bunch of different forms and like death metal. Also, like what we were talking about earlier, really like I don't know. We never got any like traction. I felt like it wasn't. It just wasn't like what it is now, where people are like very like eager. I feel like and like. People are just into it, um, and so yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of changes. Uh, it's hard to find the right people to, that are all willing to have the same like goal. Uh, and that was with, when me, Nick, and Charlie got together. It was we all wanted the same thing, so it worked really well. That's a beautiful thing, and it's been working very well. Yeah, there's a. What was that? I was just saying that's a beautiful thing, man. There's no shame in all the lineup changes because you're kind of boiling it down to to the to get to the to place you want to be. For sure, for sure. And even like the very first lineup we had, like the drummer, I knew, I knew that like it wasn't going to work out, but we started playing shows because of it, and he he worked great for when it started, but. <laughs> He was never very good, and I like knew that we were gonna have to move on from that. But I knew that we had to get out there and play shows before I could like before things could really happen. So yeah. that was a long time ago. At some point, somebody, some band members, just get you from point A to point B. You know? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes, but a, a lot of great, a lot of great memories with a lot of people, though. Uh, of of course, man. Um. Uh, and you know, I know also from the, uh, when you talked to Ken, um, I believe it was either you or Nick stated that the re during the recording of Pure Cosmic Dread is when the band lost two members, and I guess you kind of settled on this final three piece. Yeah, yeah. When we started recording that, we were five piece with another guitar player and a wow. standalone singer. Yeah, and then by the end of it, we were down to three, and we like thought about getting another singer, but we we're me and Nick were just like, why not just do it? Uh, we felt like we could do it, so we went for it, uh, and it worked out pretty all right, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course, man. Um, and now, looking on it, so I guess you guys tracked all the parts, the three of you. Yeah, yeah. Because at the point um, when, like, people left, well, I was doing all the guitar parts, like, regardless. Um, and then, uh, we were ready for vocals to happen. And then that's when our singer, uh, left. And, uh, so there was like, it, that happened. We thought he was going to be doing the vocals and then he left. So that there was like a 
five month hiatus on the recording because me and Nick had to like figure out how to do vocals, write oh. new lyrics, and like do all that. Um, and then we finished it. Yeah, so it was just us three on that. Okay, so you and Nick as kind of this kind of dual vocal approach you guys have. That would you say that that was kind of like born out of necessity, you know, during that period? For sure, for sure. And it was both like me and him both have never done any more vocals besides like backing vocals that we would do in like previous bands and stuff or in inoculation at the time. So uh, we both like were like, ah, I've never done it before. So we're like, yeah, if we each like carry the load, it won't be as bad. So. Mm. Uh, since we were both very inexperienced with vocals, it just yeah really seemed easier and just like the obvious choice. That's uh, right. and it worked out because he does. He's got a little bit different like uh, thing that he does to me. So, and I think like the uh, we do like to do a lot of call and response stuff that I think works out really cool and uh, gives it a little bit of a, a cool unique sound. I think. Yeah, man, that's cool to learn because I was, I, you know, not to skip too far ahead, but it's kind of relevant. I was watching your uh, appearance from, I guess, about two years ago now on Rock and Roll Gas Station's YouTube channel, the live studio station. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, big shout out to yeah. the Rock and Roll Gas Station guys, Eric and Mark. Um, the For good, sure, those guys are great. Yeah, uh, friends of mine from the local scene here on Long Island. And I watched that video. It was really great to watch you guys, the trio of you. And the, what if I was gonna the phrase I wrote down in the notes was you get a lot done watching you guys and I can imagine <laughs> people who just watched you guys on tour that could come away with the same impression because for not that you I'm gonna say this I don't believe that you sound like stylistically or you know genre or anything like you're not you don't sound like dying fetus but I come away with a mm-hmm. similar like watching a trio go to work you know what I mean like it's yeah. It, it when I listen to when I listen to it, I could close my eyes and almost picture there being a fourth guy there doing something. You know, I don't know, but <laughs> it, it's it's interesting to know that that was kind of forged over time. It wasn't the original intent of the band. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Just it just kind of happened, and uh, I've also always been a gigantic fan of Rush. So I was like, dude, like we can do it. Like Getty Lee's doing vocals, playing keyboards, playing bass at the same time. Like it's fine. We can do uh, play our instrument and do vocals at the same time. <laughs> wow, that's that's a great. That's a great. Well, tell me about doing vocals at the same time as playing guitar because you're not always you're like you know. It's not like you're just doing a bunch of rhythm based stuff throughout the whole song. You're doing some fairly complicated stuff. Did you have to spend a lot of time and learn that, or did you always aspire to do vocals? in time with guitar no i had to learn it that was like why we why we had such a uh like break on recording pure cosmic dread because both me and nick had to like pretty much learn how to do vocals and play guitar at the same time because before then i it would just be like small like backing vocals up like here and there so i never really had to like actually learn how to do it and it took a lot of time it was it's still like it's like annoying to do and like when we're working on new music i have to spend like hours sitting there playing and you know first i'm just like talking to myself out loud while i'm playing and then you gotta start then i'm like in my living room like playing guitar and like screaming (laughs) the cats are scared (laughs) <laughs> the neighbors too. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, I don't. Be, that's interesting, man. Uh, that brings us. I don't want to get too far ahead to uh, the Anatomize EP because one one question I want to I want to hit you with um, about a little bit earlier than all this when you were going through all the lineup changes that you said at one point it was just you um, between yeah. lives. We had. Uh, my old friend Mike Zancelli on not too long ago from the Long Island band Dimension on, who just put out a new album, and they have a very long story with a lot of lineup changes too that he he went into. And at one point, he was the only guy just kind of with the Dimension on name looking for members to keep it going, and he found his lineup to keep it going, and his new album is out. But he told us about that, and it's a dark place to be as an artist. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been between bands myself and looking for, you know, a new avenue to, to do, to do what I do. Take can you take us there and maybe talk about it a little bit? Yeah. Uh, it definitely sucked for sure. That was like the year that I played like the least amount of shows in my entire life. Mm. Uh, um, so I forget how it exactly all dwindled down, but the drummer moved uh, and like kicked out the singer, other guitar player left. We hadn't had a bass player already. Um, so it was just me. And I like, at that point, like it wasn't like death metal now, I feel like. And like, no, no one like cared about us at all. Like, it wasn't like we were playing six. I mean, we would play some six shows, but, like, it wasn't, like, we weren't, like, doing, I don't know. We weren't, we didn't have, like, the response that we, like, get now. So I was, like, contemplating not even just doing it. I wasn't really, like, actively searching for members. Um, and then Charlie, our drummer, he uh, hit me up about jamming and I was kind of like in a funk feel from it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll jam with you, like whatever. And then I kind of like just didn't hit him up again. And then he hit me up again and I was like, okay, like I'll jam with him. Um, Cause Charlie's a decent amount younger than me. Charlie's uh, at the time he was like 17, still in high school. I think he's 24 or 23 right now. So he's like five or six years younger than me. Um, and I gave him, I decided to give him a shot and we went and jammed and he had nailed like five songs that he knew like perfectly right away. Uh, so right when that happened, I like got that like bark back and I was like, oh, okay, like sick. Uh, so if it wasn't for Charlie, Inoculation would have like definitely died probably. Wow. Uh, but he he definitely saved me, and he he brought like uh, like an energy and like uh, I mean he was like seventeen when we first started jamming, so he was like wild eyed, like ready to go, like didn't wasn't really concerned about like anything else, but just like playing music, uh, and that worked out really well because I was like coming off of that mindset. Um, so he 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 brought he brought nothing but good things into the band. And then Nick came in shortly after and we were a five piece still, but that like trio connection that we had, cause we would do a lot of jams just us, uh, because we were having troubles with the guitar player and singer who eventually left. So there was a lot of like three way jams, even when we were a five piece, when we really like built a great connection and it lasted. <laughs> 
No, that's awesome, man. That's that's good to hear, especially that you that you persevered. Um, and that's that you know that's that's good for anybody to hear who's out there trying to keep their band going or whatever they're doing. Um, and now, now that I got that, because I just wanted to get into that quickly. You know, you you did tell us about how the band boiled down to just that trio of yourself, Nick, and Charlie. Um, kind of you know during the process of Pure Cosmic Dread, the next year the Anatomize EP is released on Magastomp. That's your first time you worked with Magastomp, right? Yeah, yeah. Could you tell us a little um, bit? Um, writing Anatomize and recording that the first time as as like an official three piece, I guess you could say, without any of that baggage, whatever the process was, parting ways with those other members. That's in the past. Now you're def- definitely a trio going. You you know you're doing your rush thing, like you said. Um, yeah. How did the writing process change, and how how did things feel then? Uh, it's like the the writing process. Um. It, it kind of didn't change because our other guitar player wasn't doing too much, but it was definitely like, like what you said, like the baggage kind of just like everything else. It was just like, we were streamlined then. Um, and we, Scott had hit us up, uh, asking if we want to do a two song, uh, like single seven inch released. So we kind of wrote the, and at the time we didn't have any new songs. Because we had, like, just released Pure Concert Dread, so we kind of, like, hadn't got that into the, like, writing new songs yet. Uh, so we kind of wrote those two songs, like, specific- we didn't just have them already, we wrote them specifically for that. Uh, so that, ha- those anatomized happened because of Scott, um, and obviously, and, uh, got from Mega Stump, uh, so, like, it really, like, it just, we, like, gelled on it a lot, and I feel like, uh, the, uh, um, <laughs> I feel like Anatomy sounds a lot different than Pure Cause of Dread, and I feel like you can, like, when you listen to the two and you, like, think about that, how we went from the five-piece to the three-piece, I think you can really, like, hear the, like, difference, I guess, like, it's just... yeah. We like we found it. I we found what we like all gelled really well together. There was no one like on a different mindset. It was just all three of us vibing. Yeah, um, I I could definitely I guess hear that. Knowing the story, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, I, be, you know, we could stop there if we pause for a minute. There, it seems like right around, is that right around the time that the band abraded is started. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is, uh, about that same time when, um, that was when Abraded happened, um, because of the problems we were having with our singer, he was initially having some, like, concussion issues, so we weren't practicing very much, and he didn't want to record, and we were being, uh, understanding about it, so we were just not doing anything, and just waiting uh for it to happen no pressure and but me and nick still wanted to like uh play and uh, me and patrick had uh patrick the drummer vibrated who also used to be a previous member of inoculation we he me and him really kind of started it together he um but uh that happened because we weren't doing anything with inoculation we were kind of bored so we uh, wanted to make something else 
and that's how braided started happening oh, okay and i should mention that you have a 2021 self-titled full length uh is that aggressively uninterested records put it out uh, it's not. It's not on uh, Maggot. It was on through Maggot Stomp. Meg. All right. Yeah. I, I take a lot of notes. I lost that. One. All right. Maggot Stomp. We'll, we'll yeah. It, uh, aggressively uninterested is Patrick, our drummer's uh, label. So he's got it up on his label uh, too. That you can get it from either one. But uh, yeah, it's also through Maggot Stomp. Fair enough. It's all family. Okay. So and, sure. and, a, and a braided is a little bit um, uh, sludgier, a little bit. Uh, uglier in a way. Um, you're not in space. I don't. Yeah. Think. Yeah, for sure. It was uh, me and Pat wanted to like write like bolt through our ripoff stuff, <laughs> pretty much, and just like disgusting, like gross riffs. That's how a lot of great bands have started. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to play bolt thrower stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's how most of those great Finnish bands started at some point. So, <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, they had it right. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So with a braided, that kind of starts as an offshoot. There, you had you had a, um, a, a funny situation with the lineup. You settle in with the three piece for inoculation. Um, obviously, you're no stranger to playing live. You said you caught the live bug very early on. Uh, playing playing with the surf rock band on St. Patrick's Day when you were twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you've been playing. So you're no stranger to playing live. But with inoculation as the three piece, do you guys in some way change your approach? Are you are you maybe at that point taking advantage of the growing death metal scene, the growing newer generation? Like where where do things change for you guys in terms of live shows and riding this newer wave that's out? Well, um, I feel like when we switched to a three piece, a three piece, it was still kind of like early in this like new wave of death metal. Um, Anatomize was one of Scott's earlier releases as well as Braided. Um, so it was still like, you know, same with Superbog and Frozen Soul and all them. That was like they were just kind of getting going, or did, the releases didn't even happen yet. So, like, then, uh, in case the nice and, uh, say we're talking about, uh, pornographic seizures, uh, that stuff didn't even come out yet. So, it wasn't really, like, when we switched to three-piece, it just kind of felt like, I mean, we were a little bit more, like, hyped up because we had just released Pure Cosmic Dread, but, uh, we just kind of made the necessary, like, live show adjustment, um, where we just... It's us three up there, so we got out. We kind of all got to go hard because no one, like, there's no like room for error when there's only three of you because you all got to like be on your part. There's no, no hiding. <laughs> yeah, no. That's a good way to put it. With just the three guys and the two you doing vocals, no hiding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to bring their A game, and if you don't, you notice it. Uh, yeah, man, I've been in a few bands where there's like, you know, two guitarists, bass player, drummer, and me just doing the vocals, and, you know, yeah, somebody could hide somewhere. I I could definitely hide somewhere, you know? It happens. Oh, for sure. We've all done it. I've done it. Like, <laughs> you know, you fudge something up. But uh, when you're the only guitar player, like, you fudge it up, you hear it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And I said I want to get to Celestial, so, I'm sorry, Celestial Putridity. 
Uh, but before we do that, we've had um, members of Cryptic Shift. We've had members of Replicant. Um, haven't gotten to Astral Tomb, but uh, I'm getting. I'm, I'm. I'm talking about, of course, your four-way split with those bands that came out on Desert Waste yeah. Productions in 2020. Just wanted to get your your take on that. It seemed like it made a fairly big splash in the underground scene. People loved, obviously, the music. The cover art was very distinctive. Um, did it make a big splash for you guys? Yeah, yeah, that it actually uh, honestly worked out like better than I thought it was going to. Um, it uh, that started all with the Astral Tomb. They hit us up and they said, I think at that time Cryptic Shift was already down. So they said, like working on a four way split, Cryptic Shift, and right when they said with them, we had been familiar with them already, so we were down. And then Replicant got added. Um, so we all got songs um like prepared for that like that was another i think we had zerthanius like kind of in the works at the start of that but that song was pretty much written for that too um and we got desert wastelands to put it out and he did a great job and the artwork looked really good all the band songs were really killer uh i was really pleased with how it all came out and then uh blood harvest put it up too um did a repressing on uh vinyl or actually i don't think we did we didn't do vinyl of it in the beginning i think and then blood harvest picked it up with vinyl after the fact um so that was cool to see that it got like enough where someone wanted to do on vinyl which was cool uh and i i love how that came out it was great I was actually just uh, just look, listening to the other band song on that uh, split the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's really cool thematically. Like I said, um, that that cover art kind of sets it apart, man. That the moth-looking spaceship thing, it's cool for sure. Um, and and getting into um, well, let let's talk a little bit because I would. Um, I would assume, maybe I'm wrong, that science fiction plays a heavy role inspiring um, uh, the band over the years. For sure, 100%. I just wanted to explore that 100%. a little bit. Is there any particular um, books or comics, video games even, or movies that um, uh, science fiction or horror that, that you would say have kind of inspired or, or left an impression on the band? Uh, I've always been... Uh, a big fan of the science fiction uh, movies. That was my big thing. And then also just like always very, I'm very into like uh, UFO encounters and sightings and uh, documentaries about that type of stuff. Uh, so that was like, I just used to watch that stuff constantly and read books about stuff like Eric Von Donneken and other stuff like that. Mm. Uh, so I was I was always really into uh, aliens. Really was a big thing, and then the like the alien movies, and then like the thing, um, just I, I, like anything that had to do with outer space or aliens. I was like down to check out, um, and I would always just like watch movies. Growing up, I'd watch movies and just play guitar. So it was like I would just be watching like sci-fi or like ancient aliens and like uh <laughs> playing guitar so it kind of just like melted together 
Got it. Yeah, it makes sense, man. And I, I got to ask respectfully, have you ever had a uh, an experience you would describe as unexplained or supernatural uh, in origin? Um, I've seen a couple things in the sky before. Um, there was one that I saw in high school that uh, was kind of crazy. My buddy... Uh, called me and he was like, yo, you need to go outside and like look and see if you can see this outside because we live kind of close to each other. Um, And he said there was like a big white light outside in the sky. So I went out and looked and there's this like like way bigger. It was like evening time so you could kind of see stars but not like really and there was like a a big pulsing light in the sky. Uh, and I like, got my mom. She came out and looked at it, and then it like she like went back inside because she was scared. <laughs> and then uh, it just like disappeared, and it was just like really weird. It wasn't like a super big light, but it was like bigger than like like a a, a star in the sky, like definitely way bigger. And it was, and then it just like zipped away, like just beep, disappeared. Uh, it was really weird, and it was weird that my friend, like, called me, because he was like, yo, like, do you, he, like, was, do, do you see this? And I did see it. It was, it was really weird. Okay, I gotta ask, are you, now, the band is associated, if I'm not mistaken, with Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, are you, yes. are you yourself, are, are you talking about, did that happen in a more rural setting? Um, that was, uh, in the suburbs of Cleveland, uh, like about mm, 25 minutes south of seat of Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. I, cause the, the, I would just, I don't want to, I don't want to interject too much of my own stuff, but the, the one experience that I had where I questioned if it could have been some sort of UFO, um, I don't know. It was driving through Indiana. Ironically enough, of course, I got it was on our way to the Milwaukee Metal Fest 2000. But we saw okay. a, a light zip across the sky um, in a, a way, you know, like you've seen described probably in a lot of books and movies and something I can't explain. Yeah, but, yeah. That's why I had to ask if it was in a rural area because where I was was like, anyway, we were on the highway driving through cornfields. It couldn't get much more stereotypical of what you would expect from a, uh, a UFO story, you know? For sure, for sure. Yeah, it, it wasn't super rural, but uh, definitely a little bit outside of the city. Uh, but I'm always looking looking up at the sky and looking for stuff. Wow. They're out there. Uh-huh. It's, it's just... It, well, that's- X-Files, too. Is a, X-Files is another big inspiration, too. Uh, love X-Files. I'm watching X-Files all the time. Yeah, man. I uh, like I said, I'm I'm about to turn forty, and um, when I was, I remember being a kid when the X Files had its original run on Fox, and I was glued to that for years. X Files. Oh yeah. I feel like it doesn't get its due in kind of like popular culture nowadays, when people, you know, like like I don't know, man. I just don't hear it brought up as much as um uh, other things, man. But it had to have inspired a lot, a lot of things and a lot of people now. Yeah, like, I feel like X-Files is way better than, like, Twin Peaks, and I feel like you hear about Twin Peaks stuff, like, crazy. Damn. Yo, shots fired, because that's exactly what I... It is. It is. It is. It is. What do you want me to say? 
Yeah, no, I I have to hard agree with that because there's you you articulated that better than I could because there's so many people in in my own bands in my own bands multiple of my own bands and friends of mine who swear by Twin Peaks and they're in the death metal scene and all that but yes X Files I would have to say way over that a hundred percent man wow yeah yeah you're right sure. you're right I appreciate that. Damn, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. glad you appreciate it. And X Files got the movies and stuff too. You can't beat it. Yeah, listeners, chat. We put the voicemail all over the um every episode wherever it's uh, wherever you're listening. The voicemail number is is posted somewhere. Leave us a voicemail with your opinion on that on Twin Twin Peaks or X Files. That's hot. I like that. Um, <laughs> but but getting back to the death metal, we still got to talk about um. Uh, the album we built up to it, uh, enough celestial putridity your full-length album from 2021 on maggot stomp records um hot off the press uh we we built up to the you know the, the the trio of you guys the core of the band come together you did that anatomize ep you did the split what's it like now you write you write a full-length album as this core three-piece does it feel like some sort of culmination of all these years of the band uh yeah it definitely does um because it just, like, it was the first, like, it kind of feels like our, like, first, now that, like, Pure Cosmic Drive's been out for a minute, uh, it feels like, Trust Your Futurity kind of feels like our first full length. Because it's, like, like you're saying, like, the first full swing of the three-piece. Like, all of us doing it, all of us into it. Uh, you know, like, it, it, it does, it, it does feel like it's, like, now we're, like, ready for it and we're at where we want to be at yeah fair enough man um and you know you guys put that out um and you had a hot run i alluded it to to it before um you, you just a few like a week or two ago if i'm not mistaken got off that tour supporting uh vomit yep. vomit fourth frozen soul and sanguisugabog right yep yep that was uh that was so like unbelievably awesome and such a great time. Uh, that that's another reason with the like culmination of the album, we had this uh, the tour, so that like really made it feel like we were we were actually able to do like a tour on the album, um, which was really sweet to be able to do. Like a, it was a massive tour. We were, it was forty seven days, thirty nine shows. Crazy. Um, yeah, uh, and to do it with all those dudes was great, especially Tango Sugabog, who we've been playing shows with those dudes since they, they, we played with them on their very first show when it was a garage in Dayton, and there was like 12 people there. Uh, so it was awesome to like be able to see them, like how much they've grown in such a short amount of time, and people go absolutely crazy for them and for Boy and Bomber for it. Uh, it was great to like. It was just such a good time. All the shows were awesome. Uh, it it was such a good tour. Honestly, it was a blast. That's great to hear, man. Um, was that uh, your first experience on such an extensive tour? For sure, uh, the longest tour we had done before that was twelve days. Wow! So it was like what, like four times longer than any tour we've ever done before uh so it was it was definitely the first of its kind for us um so it was awesome to like uh do that like like 
kind of check that off the bucket list because that's something that we've all wanted to do. Um, and we did it like successfully. We didn't, we're still a band. We, yeah. we didn't kill each other, you know, uh, like we're, we're writing new music now. So it was, it was great coming up off that, uh, so inspiring to get into new stuff and just, it was just a, a great time. Awesome. That's good to hear, man. And, Something I ask a lot of bands um, who are coming off of bigger tours, what's some advice maybe for younger aspiring musicians who would like to be there on, on a bigger tour, um, playing playing for some uh, some of those uh, more established venues throughout the country, uh, or maybe some advice you would have even told yourself uh, the day before you left for the tour? You know, I don't know, clothing, gear, accommodations, travel, just what are some tips maybe? Uh, some tour tips? Yeah. Um, um, throw away your socks after every time <laughs> yes. you wear them. It's just like not worth it. Uh, good one. And have a, if you, like, we have our van like set up where we sleep in the van and we can store all your gear in the van without a trailer. Um, which is one of the advantages of being a three piece is we have way less like space taken up. Yes. Uh, so we're able to have bunks in our van. Uh, which saves a lot of money, you know, just sleep in the van. Um, stuff like that is very helpful. Uh, and make sure you got a lot of weed. <laughs> oh, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. Yes, yeah, six. Dude, if you got five guys in your band and a merch guy slash driver, you got double the amount of dudes compared to inoculation. You know what I mean? That's And I've been in the, yeah, that situation. Sure. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, so we had our merch guy with us, and that's still only four people, you know? So uh, it's definitely compact. Yeah, man. And, you know, I'm all jokes aside, I'm a big guy. You know what I mean? Those vans get tight, uh, especially if you're bringing oh, the, sure. the gear and the merch, and sometimes you acquire things along the way. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're all, like, pretty big dudes, too. Like, Charlie's, like, six three or four or something like that. Uh, yeah, so. he, he, he can't go to sleep easily in that van. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is nice we have, like, the extended top uh, van. Okay. So there is a little bit extra room. Uh, but that little bit extra room makes a lot of difference, honestly. I, I'm, I, I believe me, I'm sure, dude. That's awesome. Um, did you guys Did you guys rent a van, or do you have an inoculation band van? We we have uh, a mothership is what we call it. <laughs> is there? Yeah, we got a two thousand two thousand six forty Cadillac E three fifty extended back, extended top. <laughs> Love. Is there a guy in the band who's like a mechanical? Um, Charlie would be the most mechanical, but that he worked at AutoZone for a couple of years. <laughs> All right, uh, but. That's it. I think I, he's done some things. He like he can definitely like diagnose problems. He's good to have. He knows things about uh, vehicles, which is good. That's great to have uh, a pinch, but, man. Yeah, yeah. Even somebody who like can, yeah. Because me and Nick look and go, oh, uh, we don't know anything. So <laughs> now, what about any uh, any hairy situations out there on the road, man? Any close calls? Uh, any, um, uh, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what happened, man. You know, you tell me. 
Uh, it honestly was like uh, everything went pretty smooth. Uh, there was like no weather we ran into. Uh, the one thing I would say, there was a couple fights uh, like at the venues. I put a dude in a headlock after one of the shows because he was like being ignorant uh, and he got like kicked out. There was a couple couple things like that, but other than that, it honestly went like very smooth. Uh, we didn't have any van issues. Uh, she ran like a dream. No cop issues, uh, and we like it. Like I said, managed to escape all the weather. We didn't get any snow. It wasn't super hot. We didn't get really much rain. There was one day where it was like really windy, but that was it, really. Okay, I'm glad it, to it was, Yeah, yeah, it went pretty smooth, fortunately enough. Glad to hear it, man. Yeah, glad glad you could uh, maneuver that headlock. You guitarists don't want to swing on people too much. You, 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 you fuck up your hands, you know. Yeah, no, no, gotta gotta keep the fingers good. <laughs> All right, so so switching gears from that, we're glad you guys, all joking aside, we're glad you guys made it back in one piece and unscathed and you're writing new material and everything's going good because um, that Celestial Celestial Putridity album um, was, re- was really good. I know it made a lot of people's lists for this year. And people are excited about your guitar work. Let's switch gears to talk about Zeno Guitars. Zeno Guitars, if I pronounce it right, that's X-E-N-O Guitars. Yes, yes, Zeno Guitars. That is uh, my custom guitar company that I have, and that's the guitars that uh, I play with inoculation. Uh, the yellow, like, bird-looking one, and I have a green one that I play with inoculation. Uh, I've been doing that for about, like, like three years, seriously, um, like, actually doing it. Uh, so it's a fairly new thing. But I'm going hard on it, uh, going for it, I'm working a lot on it. So, okay, I see you got Mike from Ringworm set up with one too, right? Yeah, yeah. I just did. Uh, I just did a build for uh, Mike from Ringworm. I did a cool like blood splatter uh, and like a super like unique, funky, weird shape. Um, and then I also just did a guitar uh, for Derek from uh, Two Mold and Dream Unending. Uh, yeah, I did a, a yeah like a hot red kind of Ferrari red looking guitar for him. Uh, so it was a pleasure to work with both those dudes because uh, they're both great musicians and, and some sick bands. So I was I was stoked that they wanted me to build them a guitar, um, and they both turned out really good. I was really pleased with them. Sweet. Yeah, I, I see. Now, I'm not a guitarist myself. Um, t- Tom from the podcast wanted to be here. Unfortunately, he's got something going on with um, his other show. Roast Mortem is his other show. They're working right now. Um, but but the guitar-related question, I notice you have a very uh, um, uh, striking uh, shape to your guitars. It's a very classic metal shape. Could you describe for the listeners from a guitarist perspective a little bit better what I'm what I'm trying to get at here, what I'm trying to describe? Uh, we just hot guitars <laughs> is what, <laughs> what I like. I like. I like stuff that like stands out, uh, and I'm a big fan of like '80s guitars. Uh, that was like my like first like when I really started to fall in love with guitar. It was like 
all those, like, I used to love the 80s hair metal stuff, and they were always playing, like, wild guitars and wild colors, and Paul Gilbert playing wild guitars in the 80s, just shredded all over the fretboard. Um, and I was like a, a guitar that looks like you could, like, kill someone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they look like battle, <laughs> battle axes or something, you know? For sure, for sure. I always, like, uh, there's usually where I'm at my house, there's, like, a guitar within reach. So I always, like, had, like, the thought of, like, if someone broke into my house, I'd, like, grab the guitar and, like, harpoon them with, like, the headstock <laughs> through their gut. Like, <laughs> so I, I like guitars that look like you know, they could, like, do some damage like that. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a Final Fantasy battle axe, man. That's awesome. Um, for sure, for sure. Use it as a weapon. <laughs> so so where do you start? I mean, playing guitar is one thing. Where do you start building guitars? Is there some sort of, do you, do you start working under someone else? Do you just trial and error it yourself in the backyard? Like, what's the deal? Uh, it was a lot of trial, a lot of trial and error. Um, but it also started, like, with, like, slow trial and error. Like, uh, like I was saying, the first show I ever played, I remember the guitar that I played, I had, like, a Strat copy but I put, like, white electrical tape around it to look like Eddie Van Halen's, like, the, like, uh, Frankenstein guitar. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, it kind of, like, started from there of, like, wanting to, like, uh, like modify it and, like, do something different. And then I was always, like, taking out my, uh, taking apart my guitar and, like, I immediately, pretty quickly am from starting to play guitar if something, if there was a malfunction in it, I didn't want to like pay anybody to do it, so I just learned how to fix it. And then we're going to fix it. We're turned to like modifying things and changing pickups, and then like just always fucking around with guitars. And then that eventually spilled into me building them because it was just kind of like the next step from fucking around. Awesome. And um that's uh on Instagram that's at uh X E N O guitar, right? Yes, yes. Uh yeah, if people want to see pictures of all these guitars we've been talking about, um and they can yeah. they can reach you there for that. And uh you know, you, you uh, like we said inoculation and um braided has uh, all the social media and uh bandcamp for people to explore what we've been talking about. One question um uh with all with all due respect it's kind of like the elephant in the room question with current events being what they've been the last few years you obviously named the band inoculation back in 2011 or around that era. <laughs> um you yeah. know you, it, it's a it, some people might say it's an unfortunate name to have how is how has that affected the band how do you approach that nowadays how, do people think that you're like a new band that is kind of trying to hop off of that you know what, what's the deal man um, I think we may have, like, gotten that from a couple people where they think, like, if they don't know. Um, it's definitely kind of funny, like, seeing, like, the word inoculation a lot more. Uh, and I, like, I play into it. Like, when I got my vaccine, I wore my inoculation shirt <laughs> to go get vaccinated. Like, I was like, I have to. Like, you know, why Why wouldn't I? Um I've noticed it's a little bit, uh, we get pushed down on the Google searches a little bit if you don't, like, Google the right thing or, like, on a video just because there's so many, like, inoculation things now because they're constantly talking about it. <laughs> um, 
So I think it's kind of funny, honestly. Yeah, I I usually look as I said, I know I do research, and I found that Ken's Death Metal Crypt interview you guys did, which uh, which the listeners are always recommended to check out other other platforms. Um, uh, yeah, people have been great. on. Uh, but when I typed in inoculation interview, I did have to get more specific. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, and that, that that's the thing with all this stuff. So uh, uh, that's the thing, but no biggie. All right, I had I had to ask you about it um, uh, before yeah. we conclude. And, and you know, I, I appreciate how generous you've been with your time. Um, one oh, more, for sure. One more thing before we wrap, we wrap it up. Um I know that you've been, you know, like you said, you were into a lot of uh, jazz um, in, in school and, and jazz and blues was part of a lot of your schooling coming up. Is Are there any artists from those schools of music who in particular, you you know, you think about them a lot um, with writing death metal and with writing inoculations music. There's still something about some artists. I don't know a lot of jazz or blues particularly besides the bigger artists, but is there somebody that stands out to you who you go, I like what they did. I want to apply something to inoculation. It's like that. Um, a big guy uh, would be like Aldi Mola, the guitar player. Yes. Um, yeah. Aldi Mola. Yeah, Aldi Mola. He's from, from New York. Uh but uh, him and like Return to Forever, which was the band that he played in, um, those were like super big uh, like influences on me at a very early age because I discovered that kind of around the same time of discovering like shred guitar players like Steve I and you know Eddie Van Halen and all that stuff, and that was like a completely different like look on like shredding. So I was like, oh, that's awesome, and they're like melodies and like runs that he does uh i i think definitely uh inspired me a lot um yeah he was he was a definitely big one i i went got a chance to see him live like four years ago i think uh and it was and i was i like that was one of the most expensive concert tickets i've bought in a really long time uh but i like had to go see him and it, it was well worth it yeah, I was actually exposed to him um, by way of when I was touring with the, when I when I was in the band Artificial Brain. Uh, that would come okay, up yeah, in, yeah. in the in the you know the touring you know DJ selection from time to time. Yeah, really, he had some really cool albums just under his own name as a solo artist uh, back in the day. Man. Oh yeah, wow. Oh yeah, uh, the Race of the Devil on the Spanish Highway, Kiss My Act. Uh, he had he had so many good ones. He's he's a real one. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent, man. Um, uh, yeah, a Anthony Allen, man. Uh, you've been a real one too, man. We appreciate you, uh, guitarist and vocalist hey, of, uh, yeah, um, uh, from Inoculation and Abraded, I should say. And before we let you go, while we're on the topic of music and recommending music, we always close out the show. We'll give you opportunity to plug anything and promote anything. Um, at the end, but we want you to recommend an older album and a newer album by any artists you like. Could be metal, could be otherwise. Um, okay. Uh, newer album, I'm gonna go with the new uh, Death album. I know it's not, it's still, it's still pretty new album. Uh, I've just been like recently spinning that again. Um, it's so good. Uh, just like the riffs are so kooky and just like thought about in like a weird way and I love it. Um, 
And then an older album um, would be, uh, uh, what's the, uh, what is the, the, there's this one, Scorpio, oh, Taken by Force uh, by the Scorpion. Yes. Uh, All right, man. Is, which, have you listened to that album before? Uh, I, I'm not going to front like I know that album off the top of my head, but I just think the Scorpions are pretty cool, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of their, like, earlier albums, and it's so sick. And, like, he's, like, shredding, and it's, like, like 1975, like, way early. Uh, very cool album. Awesome. I appreciate the recommendation. But yeah, definitely some really cool recommendations to get into uh, in this episode. Um uh, yeah, so uh, Anthony Allen from Inoculation and Abraded and uh, uh, Zeno, X-E-N-O guitars, uh, custom guitars out there. And I should mention, um, do you guys with Inoculation, are you still playing a show February 4th? Yes, yes, we're playing uh, with Warforge uh, and Mall uh, in Youngstown, uh, one of our only shows for the next little bit. Uh, and that's going to be a sick one. Yeah, it says uh, I'm just I'm just I'm I'm not I, I'm just going off a of band camp here. I'm not cyber stalking. Um, the yeah the west yeah. the west side yeah. west side bowl. Yes, yes, in Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah, people. Some if, they, if there's listeners in the area, peep that man definitely, man. There's an old creepy listener sure. that's, that's not on Instagram and 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 needs us to tell us of telling <laughs> about the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all jokes aside, man, we appreciate it. And just any final, um, in case we missed anything to plug or any final thoughts for uh, our listeners. Uh, well, I appreciate you having me on. It's been uh, great talking to you. And uh, we are working on new music right now. Well, we actually like already wrote a bunch of new music before tour, and we're working on like relearning it right now. We haven't played it in a minute. Um, and we got uh, some cool tours that are going to be announced in 2022. And hopefully we will be in the studio and get a new album recorded in 2022 um so definitely keep an eye out for both of those things and if you want a custom guitar hit up xeno guitars uh on instagram or uh and dm me and get a guitar so yes <laughs> all right awesome man uh anthony i appreciate your time man have a great night cool all right thank you man i appreciate it our interview with anthony allen guitarist and vocalist of inoculation big shout to them uh we thank him for his time and just to note that interview was recorded shortly uh before some unfortunate news in the abraded camp um the uh the band abraded obviously i think is split into two factions there's some uncertainty there maybe people can check out on the social media um and uh take take what they can out of that and we'll, we'll wait in the future to see what goes on uh, i don't want to make this platform necessarily um, uh, some some sort of rumor mill, 
or um, uh, try to get clout or uh, uh, hype or anything off of that that situation, man. We just wish everyone well. And um, uh, just just a note that whatever talk about abraded in this conversation was uh, shortly before the recently announced news on their social media about the band. So big shout to Anthony Allen. Thank you to his time. Thank you to him for his time. You know, one thing I want to add in there is that their live show. I went and saw them play with uh, that Frozen Soul band mm-hmm. and Sangri Sugabog, mm-hmm. and we're at Vitus. Um, their set was fantastic, and one thing that really drove me to um, like pay attention was the drummer's playing style. He has this thing where um, he has a very militant blast beat, very similar to like older Decapitated, where I, I guess I, I couldn't really figure out any other bands to compare that to. So even though they sound nothing like Decapitated. I really liked how the drummer like pushed riffs with this very like stringent, marchy kind of blast beat. Yeah, um, a little, little stiff. Little yeah, stiff. you yeah. can hear it. Boot yeah, you camp. can hear it boot on their albums. Stuff. It's cool. shaved head, boot what? camp. You got to go to boot basic training blast beat. Exactly. Yeah, he really play. learned it. He yeah. can clean a gun very quickly. High boots and blast beat. Crew cut on the tip of the drumstick. Of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. got to yeah. keep those shaved. You did a blast beat. You're a hero now. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about. Um, I was talking about uh, not Broken Hope. I was talking about some band where I, I referenced Broken Hope a lot with the stiff blast beat. Oh, when we interviewed Flesh Grind, um, when, when we interviewed, um, uh, God damn it, my brain, my brain cells are all deleted from the holidays. But we re- we recently interviewed uh, the longtime guitarist of Flesh Grind, and we talked about the difference in styles between the drummers um, over the years in Flesh Grind and how their original drummer was very stiff. But stiff, I don't mean that as a bad word. In oh. death metal drumming, mm-hmm. necessarily. De- like, you know, there's a lot of death metal drummers where that stiffness of the blast beat just kind of adds to the brutality. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's um, it's just a, a playing style, how, how that drummer incorporates it. And I think it, it makes the riff stand out um, mm-hmm. uh, and gives them space. Mm-hmm. 100%. You want to give anyone space when they're stiff. True. Whoa. Very true. Oh boy, I'm sorry. I had to do it to you, man. We got we to gotta break it up for comic relief a little bit. But listen... Um, Somebody else who thinks the heavy hole podcast needs to break it up a little bit. Let's 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 go there, Tom. Let's let's show the people what's going on behind the scenes and what we got to deal with on the lines. Hey, what's up, heavy hole? Tom, Will, Justin. My name's Bryce. I'm from down here in Florida. I was just listening to the Kyle from Undeath episode. This is not at all related to that episode, <laughs> but you guys got to have some more uh, gore grinder interviews. Mm. Mm. A lot of great death metal guys, and I love death metal, so that's sick. But, guys, I know Big Will, you love the gore grind. We need some gore grind interviews. Maybe like uh, Bobby Maggard? I don't know. I think it'd be sick. Hit up the gore grind bands. Mm. Keep up the work. Fucking love the podcast. That was Bryce from Florida? Bryce from Florida. Uh, Bryce, you're to the point, and you mean what you say. I I gotta I gotta admit I think uh, he may be correct in that, and I'm already I'm not gonna blow uh, I'm not gonna spill any beans or burst any bubbles right now. I'm talking to uh, a, a a member of a gore grind band right now. We're, we're yeah we are so that's, that's we wanted to play this voicemail very serendipitous of you, Bryce. Uh, to try to put the screws to Big Will to get the Gore Grind bands all up on the podcast. I got you. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. We're, we're working on it, okay? I I had a premonition 
I I was I spin a globe every once in a while, and I just you know dropped my finger, and it landed right on Florida. And I just had this vision of gore, like it was corpses and gorgri. It was a horrible oh. vision. I couldn't sleep. But thank you, Bryce, for your input. We appreciate it. Um, say you want to give helpful, constructful, uh, constructive criticism of the Heavy Hole podcast mm-hmm. and imply that you know things about Big Will's heart and how it functions in the depths of my imagination. What number would you call? <sighs> All right. Just like Bryce, call 631-837-3274. Whoa. Yeah, it works. I mean, look at that. I know, quick. it works. Every time I ask, Tom just has to say it. It works. Even quick though it's results. out there on all the social media and every episode, you can just get the number. Tom's got to say it. Even, yeah. the, even this voicemail with Bryce, he just left this thing five minutes ago and already results. Yeah. He's got results already. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. You too could get results. Do you want calling results? a simple phone number? <laughs> <laughs> we get all sorts of results. We give different phone numbers out, man. I got a guy, all right? Don't worry about it. Now, uh, shout out to Anthony Allen. We got a guy, too, man. Uh, an inoculation. We thank you for him. We thank him for his time. We thank you for listening. I got to thank somebody else. I had a little bit of the old Christmas money, all right? Sa- Santa Claus. No, I'm just kidding. My job kind of downgraded my Christmas bonus this year. So it was. <laughs> oh, oh ho- yeah. Hell yeah. Great news. <laughs> yeah. My holiday bonus. Um, uh, as Well, as a, a, a quote unquote essential worker. Um, for the first time in 10 years, my holiday bonus at my job was completely downgraded yes. to like a, a, a pittance. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah, you know, but, but so now it was enough where I, where I felt comfortable just blowing it all on a, on like three albums at the record store, reasonably priced, Re- reasonably priced. <laughs> as opposed to years past where it was actually like a financial, uh, boom to my, my, uh, fiscal year. The old but, buy two, get one half off sale. Yeah. <laughs> But regardless of my sob story, I'm not going to get into all my personal dismay over the holiday season. It was a hell of a year. I did buy a few albums from Mr. Cheapo's record store out there in Comac on Jericho Turnpike here in Suffolk County, New York, um, out here on Long Island. Uh, longtime record store, still in the game. Um, I enjoy them. I'm going to be a little frank um, because I can't be big frank. That's my man up there at the Twin Oaks apartment. Shout out to Frank. I'm going to be a little frank here. Um, they're pricey. At Mr. Cheapo's, if you want the brand new albums. The name is misleading, apparently. You're paying top dollar. You're paying top dollar. Well, the cheap stuff is they have the alleged rack of bootlegs. They have a pretty healthy used metal CD section. I will give them that. Um, The used section is very reasonably priced. So They have used Mm -hmm. DVDs. They have a lot of cool kind of, um, uh, what would you call it, like post-market? secondary buyer what's the word for that like thrift store um, you know second yeah, second hand yeah, yeah second hand merch thank you i'm trying to be smarter than i than my reach everything right over one dollar yeah there's there's a big you know second you know um aftermarket goods there that are cheap but the, the 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 beautiful new albums but i managed to find they had a little bin with record store day um uh leftovers right so look at this man for for barely more than eleven dollars i got fallujah the Harvest Wombs. Look at that, man. Unique Leader Records. That's nice. Look at the artwork. I, you know, I gotta mm-hmm. say, and this is also for all the listeners. Uh, if you want, if you want me to cover uh, Gore Grind, that's cool because we're gonna do it. But there's a lot of people that also talk about the metal core. Big Will, why don't you like anything with core in it? You're a bigot. You're you're a hateful person <laughs> if you don't like metal core and hardcore. So this is actually this was a purchase day at the record store for the metal core people. I got this Fallujah album. You guys familiar with them? Yeah, it's like space. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a good band. They like they mix in the, the pink and all the tones with the art. Yeah, but they like uh, the whammy bars a lot. This art looks like yeah. the guitar sound. Yeah, yeah, a lot of reverb in that Epic. art. Epic, floating, it's, cosmic. They use that Photoshop reverb filter. Shrooms, I don't. Oh, <laughs> dropping them secrets, man. Chill yep. out, bro. Control magi- R for reverb. The magicians don't share <laughs> each other's secrets, bro. But but like but but uh, uh, this is a good band. If shrooms were legal. I allegedly might do them mm. while while listening to this band. Mm. Great, great, but they have a song called "Hallucination." Hell yeah, it's kind of like writes itself. But yeah, this is um really cool band. I I do enjoy Fallujah, especially some of their older material. I haven't kept up with their newer stuff, but this was cool. The Flesh Prevails. That was a great album. That's a great album. Yeah, that was a good one. I really like that one. Yeah, listen to that one. I love how you do that. You're, you're, you're magic. See, Tom doesn't share all of his production magic like you do with all the Photoshop drops. Yeah, what so about I- what about this? Now, this looks like Photoshop. This Hell looks yeah. like early, you know, the, like, like look at the potentials of this program. I don't know. That might be an actual full photograph. You th- <laughs> 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 it's like an office building somewhere. No, this is, God forbids, Determination Hell yeah. uh, album from... Um, uh, 2001 Century Media Records is a 2021 repress of it on vinyl that I got mm-hmm. uh, for barely over 15 bucks. Um, record store day leftover. Great album, Determination by God Forbid. When did that one come out? 2001. I just missed you saying. Okay. That. Oh, 20 yeah. year anniversary. Mm. Amazing to me. Now that that makes me feel old because God Forbid is one of a few bands that Tom Anderer of Reeking Aura and Grey Skies Fall and Buckshot, my longtime friend since eighth grade, he was a lot more in tune with hardcore and metalcore when we were younger, and he put me on to, like, Candiria and God Forbid and a few other bands. God Forbid, though, this album in particular came out in 2001 when I was, like, 19, 20 years old. Uh, I think Tom and I had a job together doing landscaping, man, and this just brings back a lot of memories. Because I've always said, like, on the podcast here, too, like, metalcore and hardcore, I think it fits better... To the more youth, youthful type of uh, uh, um, crowd, the, the, the youth culture. Hardcore mm-hmm. speaks to the youth. It, it's you know, it's a more youth-driven genre. I think like hip hop is in some ways. We are, we are. You know, and I'm yeah. not. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not saying you can't be 40 years old and listen to hardcore. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought this album. I'm just saying it gets me a little nostalgic. Hits me in the feels a little bit. The uh, target demographic is what you mean. Yeah, target demographic. Yeah. Mm. I like that. I like that time. See, I'm trying to sound smart, and you guys are actually smart. It's, 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 it's a good, it's a good you know, combination. What we got? I going barely on. speak. Sometimes <laughs> I open my mouth on this podcast, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Yeah, but every yeah. now and then, I remember a word. I, if I could take it all back, I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about my job for the last year. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but yeah, so I, I just wanted to share these with you guys. God forbids determination. This, you guys are familiar with this album, right? 
Honestly, no. I, it was yeah, the one after that I got into that. Yeah, the Gone Forever, I think, was oh. when, I, when I got into uh, Got Forbid. So there's even a generation gap in, in metalcore for yeah. us. Wow, this podcast yeah. is, is crazy. All right, no, but this is a good album, man. I mean, honestly, and it makes me want to explore the rest of their discography, so maybe we'll meet in the middle, mm-hmm. right? We'll agree. to share that last one is one that we talked about this goes back for that for the heavy hole podcast uh elite who know all the history of the podcast and go back to the early episodes they know that the very first time we had adam rotella on was to discuss the use of real uh real gore and uh you know uh, autopsy photos and crime scene photos and such and such in album artwork and we had a lengthy discussion about that. We had a few different perspectives. Very early, one of our first episodes, we talked about propane from Long Island. The truth hurts. Mm. Yeah. yeah, my my all time favorite band's name. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's good name. So it is. simply perfect. It's a good name, and it fits what they do. Yeah, this they is- are propane or professional pain. <laughs> <laughs> I like Strickland. <laughs> this is interesting though, because I'm looking at this guys. This is actually a Russian press. This is a a 2008 Moon Records Russian press of the album, and it has a bonus track, Bad Blood, Live in Hamburg, 1999. This is kind of picking my interest, because I didn't look closely. I thought it was just a regular repress from the label, but it's yeah, it's from a Russian. You didn't see all the Cyrillic and stuff? I just saw propane. I saw that it didn't. I saw that it was the censored album cover. It's what the name does. It just grabs you. You don't need any more information. Proletariat pain. Now I'm wondering (laughs) if this is allegedly a bootleg. I gotta check out uh, Metal Archives. I actually have a. um, I had bought an organic hallucinosis Russian printing, uh, and it came in like the day before. All that stuff went on Spotify, and Mm -hmm. I was like, "Eh, now now I'm on a watch list for nothing. This is interesting, though, to me, because it is there is all this Russian... What did you say? Cyrillic? Yeah, Cyrillic is the uh, their alphabet. I see. Again, Tom just flexing Hell the yeah. intellectual muscle on Big Will to humiliate me in front of the listeners. But this Cyrillic, it makes me wonder if this is allegedly a bootleg or if it's worth more. I paid I paid five ninety nine for this. Um, I'm wondering if the Russian, because it's you know a collector's edition. I don't know, man. That's interesting to me. And it's got the bonus track, too, which I enjoy. That's cool. Good day for metal for me. Hmm. You have to look into that a little. Yeah, I might not care. I'm yeah. probably just going to find it. Or just leave here, never <laughs> think about it again. <laughs> no, I will, I'll be on Discogs looking it up. I'm, I'm a little bit extra with that. But um yeah, no that so that was a really good day at Mr. Cheapo's Records, Jericho Turnpike, Comac, New York here on Long Island, man. Long time store, a little pricey on the brand new stuff. 
Um, but it evens out if you buy a couple of used things for cheap. You know, you can just kind of kid yourself on the ride home that you didn't spend $40 on that Queensryche album. Sure, like, or buy it on a credit card. Mm-hmm. Not, just hold it off and wait for the inflation to kick yeah, in. Yeah, just pay the minimum <laughs> for, at least, like, for a few months. It's great. You just go on living your life and you buy more stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's just, um, wait for a bigger credit line. Yeah, just get it. Just keep applying for more credit cards. It's the American way. It's yep. the American way. Yeah. I'm very proud to be an American just for that reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm proud to be an American where I can buy Russian bootleg propane albums. Yeah, That's give, me right. that, give me that debt. <laughs> Why don't you fill up my Tacoma? Another band that makes me proud to be an American because America produced Inoculation from Cleveland, Ohio. Big shout to Anthony Out. That that segue was made in America, my friend. Hell yeah, dude. yeah. Can't beat that. Um, hey, listen, fucking uh, revving my engine right now. <laughs> also, oh, yeah. We got an upcoming guest. We're going to talk about drag racing inspired guitars. Fuck yeah, flat yeah. my flags. Oh yeah, that's a preview. I'm for <laughs> I'm foreshadowing everything today. No, big shout to Bryce from Florida. We got you on the Gore Grind, homie. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our little segue into metalcore. I just talked about a few classic metalcore uh, albums, and it kind of like propane was like the first. Arguably, like, the early generation of metalcore, where it was like, let's take the harder elements of hardcore and some of those, like, chugging metal. Like, it, was, it wasn't it was so much about adding melody in. And then by the time, God forbid, is really hitting their prime in the late 90s to early 2000s, they're, they're adding some of that, like, almost like Iron Maiden-esque uh, melody in there and, and, and combining it with the breakdowns in the metalcore. Sure. And then Fallujah, mm-hmm. by the time you get to Fallujah, like, I mean, I would even, I'm going to admit this publicly, and it may cause a little backlash. If somebody called Fallujah death metal, I might just not say anything and just be complacent. I don't, I'm not saying I would agree. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't disagree. You have to pick your battles. Yeah. I've yeah. heard them yeah. described as death core, and I was saying, I get it. it you don't have to, it, it, there's enough blast beats. Let's just leave it alone. Okay, but I'll you know, but they're so melodic. They're like hyper melodic. It's almost like these three albums I got today. You can trace the evolution of melodicism in 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 metalcore music. Oh yeah, dude, Rockets Red Glare, man, fuck oh, yeah, man. Rainbow Road. God bless you guys, and God bless Inoculation from Cleveland, Ohio. God damn it. Uh, Heavyholepodcast dot com is where you can go. We're on all the social medias: the Facebook, the Instagram, the. Uh, we're not on. We're not on the weird ones. We're on like the the regular corporate ones. We're just on yeah corporate. We're, we're, we're going to be on Meta soon. You yeah. can actually sit and sit in on a virtual podcast in the metaverse. Yeah. Oh, Jeff yeah. Jeff Bezos personally signs off on what social media we can use. Yes, yeah, right. Check us out on the mainstream media. <laughs> we are the media. Listen, I've said it before, and I say and I'll say it again. As uh, an underground uh, musician, I would never disagree with whatever the appropriate narrative is, guys. <laughs> This has been Heavy Hole Podcast. We appreciate your support. Heavyholepodcast.com. Is there anything else I forgot to say? I, I don't know. Uh, well, from little Frank to uh, tiny Tim, God bless everyone. Oh.